It's Friday. It's whatever time you want it to be, baby. And it's Dragon Hearts. Raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles, and warm woolen bittens. Ponticelli tappings at the far post. These are a few of the things I like most. That's how you do it, fearless and devotion. Uh, uh, uh. You lot talk on your podcast, we talk and sing. Come on, show me what you got. Show me what you got. Wrexham celebrated victory on Saturday, but most importantly was the emotional moment of Jordan Ponticelli finally getting that first goal of the season. A moment that he celebrated with all the joy of a man who'd just seen his pet tortoise thrown off the top of St Giles. Then, in midweek, Eastleigh arrived, a team so cynical and calculating that Piers Morgan has already approached them to see if they'll manage his campaign to be the next leader of the Tory party. We'll be talking about those two matches. We'll also be looking forward to the Wales and Belgium match and chatting to Sam Russell, who of course was our keeper and then went up from this division with Forest Green Rovers. So, put your best shoes on and get ready. It's time for Dragonhearts. Jordan Pondicelli, and you're listening to the Dragon Art Radio Show. Well, hi, welcome to Dragon Heart. Then I'm Mark Griffiths. Look, there's Che Long over there. Hi, Che. Hello, Mark. How's it going? Not bad. I don't know why I'm shouting though. I just am shouting, and I seem to be inside a lemonade, uh, a Lucasade bottle here. I've been <laughs> trying to fix the lighting, and I've just made it worse. Uh, so it's, it's a bit, it's a bit Blackpool, isn't it? A bit Blackpool. Yeah. That- I've broke into someone's shed, so... Excellent. Uh, yeah. That's where I'm doing the podcast from. I thought they'd just done up the cop, the cop toilets. <laughs> Yo, this is, the, this is the groundsman's toilets near the cop. Ah, I got you. That's where the hawk <laughs> used to live, is it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, so we have, we'll, we'll crack on in a moment. We'll have two games to review. We'll have a look at Wales going to Belgium. Um, chocolate. And we'll also be chatting to Sam Russell. Uh, so after this, we'll be looking back to our win last Saturday over Weymouth. The other side, you're listening to the Dragonheart Radio. So, the Weymouth game. A good win. I- I'm going to hold my hands up, Jay, and straight away say that I... I was too easily pleased, maybe in the first half. At half-time, I thought, OK, I'd much rather we've scored. But we're doing all right. We're, we're wearing them down. We'll get somewhere. The goal will come. I must admit that as I left the ground afterwards, the whole coaching staff were also were coming out at the same time as me. Mm. And when I said to them, good win, they all were unanimous in saying, well, we weren't happy about the first half. So I think I was more happy about the first half, well, certainly than, than the club were. Um, but... You know, Weymouth are a difficult opposition at the moment, mm. and they made it hard for us in the first half particularly, didn't they? Well, I was impressed. Well, me and you were talking about their defence and how the way mm. they played in the preview podcast before the game, and I think we got most of the things that we were talking about bang on, yeah, yeah. to be honest, on how Wrexham were going to beat them and how... how good this team have become because you know they beat Stockport before us and they've had a draw against Dagenham Redbridge since I know Dagenham Redbridge aren't the best but 
it it doesn't seem like they have relegation form at the moment. So I don't think I think I think they were a real potential banana skin. And I really like the way that they were so defensively strong and so sound, and they were really hard to break down, weren't they? They they were a properly organised side, weren't they? And yes. they weren't necessarily always parking the bus. They were coming at us in the first half in midfield and just blocking off our passing channels so we couldn't feed the wall forwards easily. Mm. They cut off, as you mentioned in commentary, they were cutting off the, the, the passing channels to the flanks so that in the first half it was more difficult, especially to get Hall Johnson into the game. They often they obviously knew yeah. he was dangerous and were doubling up on him, um, maybe at, the, at their expense because they maybe didn't do the same with record. But it, it was a well-organised battling performance in the first yeah. half I just felt that although we weren't quite getting at them I, I, I just had that feeling it was one of those games where we're keeping them under pressure we're grinding yeah. away at them it's not beautiful football but it's winning football something's going to go in and then they're going to find it difficult to change gears and I guess in a way that happened in the second half but a big part of that was that triple substitution I think wasn't it oh yeah yeah well we were supposed to say on commentary we actually just need to carry on doing what they're doing, you know, we were we were very close to scoring on before the triple substitution with Dior Angus's shot, yeah. which hit the bar too. And I think we were just chipping away, and I think it was just a matter of time. I think even without the triple substitutions, I think we probably would have scored at some point. But the triple substitutions was a masterclass, wasn't it? Really, because it come on, it changed it changed the the levels and the intensity of the whole team playing. 100%. The three of them did really, really well, didn't they? They had 24 minutes and, and they all took that opportunity. Um, it, it, it's a comment, I think, on our strength and depth when everyone's fit that you know, the three went, went off, I wouldn't say any of them played particularly badly. You know, I mean, Donald yeah. was, was lively. Yeah. Angus, as you said, just at the bar. Uh, Davis was playing well, I thought. He played played that beautiful ball to Dior Angus, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Which 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 resulted in a bar shot, which could have been a fantastic goal. Yeah. But but the three who came on really energised things, didn't they? I mean, Jay Harris was Jay Harris, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> be yourself, um, and uh, Dan Jarvis was very lively, getting up and supporting those strikers. And then, of course, well, uh, you know. I know I'm taking this in a non-chronological order, but Jordan Ponticelli, he did really yeah. well. He scored. I mean, that was just fantastic, wasn't it, that? We've been banging on in commentary mm. and on our podcast about how much we want him to score and how we think we'll, he'll kick on after he scored. And I think, judging after he scored and judging by the Eastley game when he's come on, mm. he's looked really good. He's looked like the type of player we signed him for, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Like you said in the commentary again, straight after he scored the goal, he was bringing a really difficult ball down and pinging a quick switch, terrific pass. And he could have thought, yeah, he's got his confidence going here. Finally, he's got it. I mean, I made a joke in the introduction about his lack of celebration and a lot of people are talking about, oh, you know, he kept his cool or he looked relieved. I think maybe he looks a little embarrassed. You know, I mean, he, he wants to be scoring lots of goals. That's his job. And he's not scored his first one until now. And I think to be fair to him, I mean, you know, I'm his biggest advocate. I think he's a class player. And I think there are, there are reasons why he's not scored. He's been very unlucky with injury and then having to try and play catch up in a, this weird season where everything's congested. Um, 
And I, I think he just looked a little embarrassed that, well, okay, that's not make a fuss because I've only got one goal so far this season. But he should be patted on the back. He's kept plugging away. He's under a two-year contract. And if we can get him going now, not only will it boost us in the running, you know, it, it helps him maybe, hopefully, next season to hit the ground running. Him kicking on now is like having a new sign-in. Yeah. Really. And it, him kicking on now is the last few games of the season. Not a few, but there's, there's quite a few. But last half of the season, let's say, could really, really help us. Because I think Dior Angus and Kwame Thomas as a partnership is fantastic. And I think if he comes in and maybe replaces one of them when they're a bit laggy, brilliant. And I think, it, I think it's great for the competition. It's great for the squad that we have more, we have more challenging in that area. But let's bring it back to the first goal. What, what, yeah. what did you make of that? <laughs> well, I mean, fair play to Vassal. And, and well, actually, okay, fair play to us in general. We have a lot of good players on set pieces. And we are very threatening on set pieces. We have good delivery. And then Kelleher and Vassal are good at attacking those balls. Um, Jay Harris has been used very interestingly at, at set pieces, making little darting diagonal runs at the near post and flicking things on, and he's caused problems. Um, and that was just, yeah, just good delivery and the centre-back getting the jump on his man. And yeah, Vassell did really well, I thought. And, and that was crucial, you're right. We mustn't forget that goal. You know, it's all very well saying we're grinding him down. You need that breakthrough. And Theo supplied it. Good, strong effort. Yeah. Just... I thought it looked a bit too easy, to be fair. I think maybe yeah. the Weymouth could have defended a little bit better. But that was, it was very, it was head to goal, perfect. And then after that goal, we, we really, really did kick on. I think some of the nicest football I've seen at the race course this season. Record was great fun. Charging oh. forward. Sometimes he had a clear plan in his head. Sometimes I think he didn't. But Record and Jarvis's combinations down the left were hugely entertaining. And they, they really caused Weymouth all sorts of problems, didn't they? He's, he's a real handful because of his yeah. sheer size as well. You know, he's strong, he's fast, he's athletic, and he got a pre-assist, didn't he, for the yeah. second goal? Well, pre-assist, I, I don't know whether that's... It's a very technical term that you talk about these days to try and make a player look better than they actually are, maybe. But that, it was a beautiful flick, wasn't it? it back into the middle of the, pit, uh, the yeah. box. And then also, there was uh, he did the same on Tuesday with a pre-assist, if you like, because his yeah. combination play with Luke Young down the left was superb for Kwame Thomas's equaliser. More of that later, of course. Yeah. I, I'll just if I just come back to a few of Asel's goal, though. There is a, there is one thing. Oh, look out! They've they've cut off the electric to your shed. Asel's goal. There's a little issue about it. Well, maybe not about that one, but in general. I put on the Wrexham Anorak thing on Wrexham's website afterwards that Vassell's our top scorer against Weymouth. He's got two goals. Mm. Um, now, Theo does not agree with this. And Theo gets quite upset by this. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Theo's side. So, Theo, if you're listening, I am on your side on this. Okay, All the stats that are done at our level are not done, even though they are Opta stats, are not done by Opta. They're not even done by somebody being sent down to, to report to them. Um, they, it's it's cost-cutting, basically. There used to be people there uh, sending basic stats, but now it's just the responsibility of the club to send stats in. Now, Wrexham look to do it properly. We always assign a person in the media team with that job, so hopefully when you see stats on the Wrexham games, they're as accurate as they can be. However, other clubs are not working are so hard working on it and to be fair other clubs don't have many people going spare to do jobs like that now yeah. 
for, for a few reasons, and actually I have sympathy with Weymouth over this, I'm not hanging Weymouth out to dry. Adi Yusuf was credited with a goal when we played down there, and Vassell was credited one goal. It looked very much, although it was a bit of a scrappy affair, like Vassell scored Yusuf's goal as well. He had two, and Yusuf had none. But the, 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 the message went through that Yusuf had scored one and Vassell had scored one, and that's now been recorded. So officially, that's the case. Um, the club actually have contacted uh, the, the, you know, the body organising this and collecting the data and said, there is a mistake, please correct it. Theo Vassell scored two goals. But they've not had a response. So I think the club's going to keep trying, but the fact of the matter is that, yeah, I'm sorry, Theo, if you are listening or watching, but you scored two goals in that game. We know you did, but the records at the moment say you scored one, and I've got to stick with that until they fix it. It's it's daft, isn't it, really? You look at the Premier mm-hmm. League where, oh, they'll measure whether a shot would have hit the post or just hit the post and gone in, and that's whether the deflection makes it an own goal or not. And then at our level, you get people standing 10 yards off the ball, sticking it out <laughs> in the air, and if the fella in the stand who's from the other club falls for it, <laughs> the wrong person's yeah. got the goal. Because they got the same haircut. Yeah, that's uh, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the same colour boots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, for me, the Weymouth game now, my overall thoughts were I was just very happy with the win and I was very, very happy with the way we played. You know, everyone's been banging on about we don't play free-flowing football, but I thought the last 20 minutes yeah. was turned into, it turned into Brazil. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, very happy with that. Absolutely, and it was an important result as well because after getting that draw at Sutton, that point becomes more valuable if you then win the next two games against sides down the wrong end of the table. If you drop points against them, then you haven't really got the full benefit of picking up a point against the best side in the division. And we did that, so that was really pleasing. And then that led us on, of course, to the game against Eastleigh. And there's plenty to talk about that. I'm Kerry Evans, and you're listening to Dragonheart Radio Show. Well, Eastleigh, where do we begin, and how do I avoid us getting sued? Um, (laughs) Well, something. I'll begin with. I'll begin with. Unfortunately, (laughs) my (laughs) electric on the mains tripped, so I missed uh, about 15 minutes of the first half. So. That's frustrating. <laughs> that was frustrating <laughs> on a personal note for me. But all I've got to say is the officiating on that game was sometimes, let's just say, um, questionable, shall we? That's beautifully put. With this, the, the, you should be a lawyer. That was magnificent. <laughs> it was a great shape. I mean, you couldn't go to the game because you had work and that was a, that was a yeah. real shame you couldn't get down there. You managed to watch, like I say, 75 minutes of the stream. Um, unfortunately, the referee's power went out for 15 minutes in the second half. It cost us quite dear. I've got to say, I said this in the podcast, and I strongly believe it. This game isn't to be seen in isolation. It's a continuation of what happened at Eastleigh. They're not a pleasant team. I mean, not having the crowd in, in both games, you could hear the, the amount of squealing and pressure being put on the referee. It was a bit embarrassing. Um, but in both games, we had a player sent off. Harshly in both games, they got a penalty. Okay, actually, the one this week was a penalty. I will admit yeah. that. But then we didn't get a penalty. Um, is it a coincidence? 
that the referees in both matches made very, very peculiar decisions in Eastley's favour. Nah, I think they were getting bullied. I think it was a, 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 a an approach, a tactic. And uh, it sort of works. I mean, if you look at it, the first goal, Jay Harris has got involved with Holland's and mm. he's standing toe-to-toe rowing with him on the halfway line while Eastley are running into the gap behind him and scoring. Um, and Yeah, I, I wasn't happy with that. Yeah, uh, I, I think Jay Harris, as much as I love the guy, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he needs to be a bit more professional and worry about what's going on on the pitch rather than squaring up to people because that, that did leave a big hole in that middle of the park, didn't it? And, and, and to be honest, I mean, it is because Hollands is looking to push his buttons. That's what Eastleigh were doing, wasn't it? They were winding us up. I mean, when yeah. Tyler French got sent off at their place, I mean, frankly, I, I thought that was a shocking decision to send him off. Yeah. Um, he did run into the crowd, but he didn't raise his hands. The only contact was an Eastleigh player putting his hands on French's chest and pushing him backwards. Uh, which, But French French will never get a move to Eastleigh because he just stood there and allowed him to do that, whereas he should have fallen down holding his face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy would have been sent off. But, you know, I mean, it was, it's, it was that sort of provocative. It was, it was tiresome and annoying. Um, I, I, I think the last time I've seen a side really do that so deliberately was Steve Evans's Crawley, who were a horrible, horrible team. Um, but, you know, you, you had that incident. You had um, Abdullah Baggy, who I thought played very well for an hour, uh, getting himself booked for a tactical foul. There were so many tactical fouls in that game. If we got into a situation where Angus or, or a player like that was running into space or running at a defender, uh, they get taken out and they should have all been given yellow cards for those, not some of them. Uh, the referee doing that usual, I won't book people early on. Uh, and then Baggy, after doing that, treads on. Oh, that doesn't get the second yellow. Um, you know, Keller is sending off. I mean, he, Ridiculous. he, slept, he slept and he Ridiculous. Like, he's trying to avoid landing on, on Baggy. I mean, yeah. it's just daft. Blair got booked for body checking Ponticelli on the breakaway. Five minutes later, he, do, he, he yeah. does exactly what Kelleher did, except he didn't slip and brings a man down with his arms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't get the second yellow. And then he's in the box grabbing record shirts and he doesn't get a yellow or give away a penalty. Frankly, that was a straight res. It's just irksome when you see all of that stuff going on and you think they've gotten the ref's head and, and he's, he's lost the plot. And if I'm honest, I feel a bit sorry for referees in that situation. He's being pressured and... Uh, He's not enjoying himself, is he? He's being pressured, but I'm, in some regards, I'm gutted the fans weren't there because I think if yeah. Wrexham fans were there, then I think it might have swayed the other way and then they might have had, had yeah, the buttons. Yeah. But I just thought it was absolutely criminal that we were the team that were left of 10 men on the pitch. <laughs> yes. you know, and, they, and they didn't have any red cards because it was yeah. just a, it was a fiery affair. And to be honest, give credit, credit where it is for the Eastleigh. I wouldn't want to play them again in the playoffs. Oh. Because they're the type of side that will just annoy you and get players sent off and they'll get penalties. And yeah. they're also a very good side. The first yeah. goal was class. The first yeah. goal was, yeah. was a hell of a strike. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people, have, I've seen on Twitter, people are complaining that Dibble maybe should have done a bit better. But for me, it's easy to say that while you're sitting on the sofa mm. and you watch Premier League games in, in week in, week out. You know, De Gea and Emilio Martinez might have got a hand to that. Yeah. But not a conference-level keeper. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. It was going like a rocket. It did take a slight nick off Luke Young as yeah. well, which took it further away from Dibble. I think if it hadn't taken that nick, Dibble definitely would have had it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. That I've always uh, uh, okay, my goalie snob, and I'm coming out. Um, you can, I think, a good for me rule of thumb in judging quality of goalkeepers is 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 their ability to get to those really in the corner, really inside the post shots. I used to think this, yeah. even even judging a Premier League, you know, when Man United was starting to decline, and Fabian Barthez was a, a great goalkeeper and a great personality, but he didn't have that reach. And United, in, in big games, would let goals in, which weren't his fault, but a, a keeper with better reach would have reached. Got to De Gea would have got yeah. to. Uh, yeah. And that's why they, they got rid of him, even though he was a sort of iconic figure. Because clearly you could upgrade, and bringing in Van der Sar for him was a step up. Uh, yeah. I've always thought of that as the example. Uh, Dibble's done very, very well for us, but he is uh, playing fifthly tier, and he's, I think, done well. I think he got a little touch to it, didn't he? I think he's done pretty well yeah. to get a little touch to it myself. He's gone I, th- like I think he's done. I think he's done really, really, really well. And yeah. you can't. He's a hell of a striker. And as I said before, it's easy while you're watching Premier League games week in, week out. A Premier League keeper will make a save like that and it will still be regarded as a good save. Yeah. And sometimes they might not save them. Mm. Uh, it was a hell of a strike. And it's one of them. Mm. We're one nil down. We were one nil down to a good goal. But I don't think Wrexham... I think Wrexham responded reasonably well. Yeah. I thought I easily had the better of the first half and obviously yeah. had that 15 minutes spell in the second half after we got sending it off. But actually, we made a lot more chances than them. We defended yeah. very well. Um, and yeah, uh, we were lucky with Riesel Johnson's goal, but then they were a little bit with the deflection. So that, that's life, isn't it? The deflection on all Johnson's goal, ironically, takes it towards the goalie, but he's diving at full stretch and goes under his armpit. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, fair play to Hall Johnson. He'll, he'll get, he, he's good at getting to the edge of the area and he's good at hitting it with both feet. He's not going to hang around and he's not going to die wasting. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna have a go, and he deserves huge credit for that. And um, and then the sending off, I thought it was fascinating that our, our, what happened in the second half. It was a shocking decision. I think the first yellow was harsh on Kelleher, but the second yeah. was crazy. Um, but okay, for fifteen minutes we suffered, but we did suffer, and and that's the big oh. thing I think about this team. This team will dig in. And fight. That was the point where that game could have gone away from us. To get a player sent off, then have a penalty and go behind with 10 men, that's a punch in the guts. And it's understandable for 15 minutes they were piling it on. But they didn't really make any chances apart from the one that was cleared off the line, which might have been going wide. Um, Apart from that, they didn't really make any clear chances. And then once we were able to get our equilibrium going, we earned the right to survive that passage and then go at them. And that last 20 minutes, I thought were utterly outstanding. The way with 10 men, we we scared the hell out of them. They looked really yeah. shaky at the back, I thought. Yeah, and uh, we had some great chance. Ponticelli one-on-one, yeah, yeah. which hit the side netting, didn't it? Um, we had the penalty shout as well, which I think I've seen, I've seen referees give them. Yeah. I, I have. I, I've seen them give them before. Uh and it was just, I had everything. That game had everything. For a neutral, you'd want to watch that, wouldn't you? Oh, and there was a brawl. There was a brawl on the side yeah. of the pitch. Yeah. Proper so, brawl as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> an ice if, hockey. If, <laughs> if that was on one of the top level leagues, like Spanish or 
uh, Italian or Premier League, that would be all over the news for weeks. Yeah. I, I, I've not seen much like that. And our manager somehow gets sent off for being headbutted, which yeah. uh, is a turnout for the Bucks, isn't it? Well, I mean, my recollection of it all was that we were going for it at that point and trying to score a winner. Yeah. So if the referee thinks that our manager is wasting time, he really can't read the signs, can he? Yeah. Um, secondly, as Keats pointed out, it was our throw. He's retrieving the ball for our attacking throw. An Eastley player has run off the pitch to wrestle the ball off Keats. So who shouldn't be there? Yeah. <laughs> Who's trying to stop play? And as you say, quite rightly, I mean, it's clear that he, he gestures the headbutt at him, and that's enough to get you sent off in a in a in football. And the, the fourth official is right there. I do again. I sympathise with referees in a situation like that. How do you pick the bones out of it? Oh, I did quite enjoy the way he and his linesman retreated to the centre circle and just let everyone fight each other till they were exhausted, <laughs> leaving the fourth official in the midst of it all. You yeah, know, I quite enjoyed that. Um, Keith said he didn't consult the fourth official. Like he could have done through his earpiece, of course. Um, but I do find it amazing that they didn't call the fourth official over so the four of them could talk. Because clearly the fourth official was in the middle of everything. Um, yeah. But, but nonetheless, surely he... Oh, well, if he didn't consult with him, there should be some action taken for failing to handle the situation correctly. Um, I'm <laughs> surely he did. But, but the fourth official... Has clearly not done his job. Sure, well, well, somebody hasn't done their job because it was clear as day, and the fourth official's right there that that Ben House, you know, good Scottish striker that he is, stuck the heed on Dean Keats, even yeah. if he didn't do it with much power. Keats, and, Keats is too small for him to reach down properly. Yeah, it was just nuts. It was not it? And my favourite part was <laughs> Dor Doral hopping over the seats. You see yeah. that photo of him. <laughs> uh, he was just right in the action. I, I was just thinking. Imagine if that happened with the, all the fans in. It would have been electric, wouldn't it? Oh it would have God. been brilliant. Yeah. It, it would have been awesome. <laughs> and and I tell you what, here's my take on it. If the fans would have been there, we would have got a penalty from yeah. that record. We would yeah. have had a penalty, I think. Yeah. That referee was that easily influenced, I think. Mm. I think of a roaring crowd. And I think with the way... You know the takeovers and the way we're playing at the moment. That would have been a good five thousand fans there that night, yeah. I think. Yeah. And the atmosphere would have been brilliant. Yeah. Uh, what a shame! What a shame the fans weren't there to see that. Yeah. I think that would have been a, an excellent night under the lights. But finally, let's talk about Kwame Thomas's goal. He's a god. Kwame Thomas is a god. <laughs> I love that man. I've got to say, I was saying to say that actually about Dibble as well. I do feel when I look at the highlights afterwards, or the, when I look at the footage to make the highlights. The speed of the game is not reflected in how it looks on a screen. Um, mm. The shot that went past Dibble, I felt when you're there, like it's going a lot faster than it looks on the screen. And I think that the experience you see firsthand is the more accurate one. And then that Kwame Thomas goal, sitting watching it, felt quick. The ping, ping, ping of the passes, Young driving it in, Thomas arriving, perfect timing. It was quick. Yeah. And it doesn't look quite... The, the, the video doesn't do it justice. But Kwame Thomas, I mean... Well, look, I, I like in the way the fact that it's Young assisting Thomas because those two, and they're not the only ones, are the sort of blokes who, when you're down to 10 men, they do two men's jobs. Uh, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, Young was everywhere. I thought he was brilliant once we were down to 10 men. Thomas, I mean, those centre-backs are good. 
the good centre-backs. And in the first hour or so, they probably did better against Thomas than any other centre-back has done for a few weeks. But he still was giving them nightmares. And the fact of that goal, typical, starts off with him running across yeah. right to left to hold up the ball. Once he's held it up and laid it off, he's then gone on a big looping run across the width of the pitch to come back in at the far post and tap it in. I mean, that's just proper work rate, proper desire to score. You know, fans say they want a team that will run through brick walls for them. Well, I think we've got one here, to be fair. And Thomas epitomises that. Absolutely outstanding. And the number of times, Shay, you know, because, you know, we've seen it together. The number of times, it's added time. We're winning 2-0. Their left back's got it, and he'll still make a thirty-yard sprint just to try and get a block on it to stop so yeah. that they, they don't knock the ball down the line. You know, I mean, the the, the stamina is impressive. The, the will to win is incredible. Kwame Thomas, I've got a brilliant. Huge of, yeah, and after a nasty brawl like that, it's, you can see him walking away laughing. And I just thought, no, Kwame, well, he's a nice fella as well. <laughs> crack, cracking player. He's yeah. exactly what you want out of this level, and he's been. Excellent. He's 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 going to be in contention for Player of the Season, isn't he? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, he's the first player to get to nine goals since Chris Holroyd three seasons ago for us. So we've got yeah. thirteen. So you know, he he's got he's a modern day target man, mm. and he's much more than a target man too. Yeah, yeah. He, he you know he's his ability is brilliant uh, on the ball. He, his work rate's fantastic. He's strong. He's physical. He's good. He's amazing in the air, and he's always in the right place at the right time for wh- when you need him. He's clearly an excellent striker at this level, and mm. yeah, very happy to have him on board. You can't you can't put him in a box, can you? People want to say, "Oh, he's a big target man," but he's he's so much more than that, like you say. And yeah. I mean, I, I I was thinking about this this morning. I, I'm trying to go through in my head the nine goals that he's got. Um. Aren't they all with his feet? I'm trying to struggling to think. Has he scored a goal with his head yet? And it's all him attacking the six-yard box when balls are driven in. He's a he's a fox in the box. He's he's Juan Ugarte. He's not uh, <laughs> he's he's not Jordan White. He's Juan Ugarte. Yeah, he's a. <laughs> he's Juan Ugarte. He's a massive Juan Ugarte. <laughs> Careful how you say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's, a, he's a tall one, you got it, yeah. So. <laughs> I will say one other thing, which is I think that the, the coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for how they approached being down to 10 men. And I don't think it's any coincidence, and I've been spouting the stats since Vassell got sent off two weeks ago, um, seven players now have been sent off in league games under Dean Keats. Um, in every instance, that's across six games, the result has either been the same or better at the end as it was when the player was sent off. We've never gone down to 10 men in the league under Keats in either of his spells and then been punished for it. And sometimes we've turned a draw into a win. Um, That penalty is the first time in those six games that we've actually let a goal in when we're down to 10 men. And it was a penalty. Um, and, and a big part of that, to be fair, is that we we leave two men at the pitch. We're down yeah. to ten men, so we don't park the bus and wait to be picked off. Uh, we try to go at the other side. We, had, we left two strikers up. We just you know went to three at the back to four at the back. And, well, you wouldn't have thought so the way record was still pushing up the wing. And uh, Durrell, if anything, I thought was taking up some more advanced positions. And then Jordan mm. Davis afterwards than he was before. 
Um, so, yeah, you know, again, criticism can be negative, but there you are. He's got a remarkable record when we're down to 10 men because he's positive. It was really yeah. good, good to see that approach. And what I love about this team is probably my final mark, really, is um, we really do have an identity, no matter who we're playing. Yeah. We, we do have an identity on how we play football. We And I really like the formation, and I, I don't subscribe to the fact that we're negative. I actually mm-hmm. think we're quite a positive attacking team at, time, at, team mm-hmm. at times. Uh, yeah, we have a real identity, and we have a real lot of passion and courage. And I think against such a tough side as Eastley on Tuesday, I kind of left that game feeling frustrated that we only drew another game again because of a penalty. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> without those penalties, and you know, the Carrington one, it was a penalty. It wasn't his fault, but it's one of them. It's a penalty. Yeah. Uh, and the penalty again, the, ty- uh, the other penalty in the, the reverse leg uh, t- has took four points away from us, unfortunately, but mm. that's just the way football goes, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. In those seven games where we've had, or six games rather, where we've had players sent off in the league, when we're down to 10 men, the score is 3 1 to us now. <laughs> That's quite weird, isn't it? You know, I mean, fair play. Uh, you notice I keep saying league because I am ignoring the FA Trophy last season. And I think it's <laughs> legitimate. We had Leighton McIntosh sent off in that game and we lost 4 0. But to be fair, um, that the, play, the team that was picked then, barely any of them actually uh, were, were on yeah. the, uh, are still with us now. And we only get one goal of those four, actually. Uh, we were well beaten when McIntosh got himself sent off. But, yeah, that was great, that was. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move along. We've got no Wrexham game this weekend to look forward to, but we can look forward to the national team Wales uh, in Belgium. I'm Fiacre Kelleher, and you're listening to Dragon Heart Radio Show. Right, so no Wrexham game because of Dover, uh, not not playing their matches. But Belgium are the venue for Wales's match. And well, what are your thoughts, Che? Any surprises in the squad or? Uh, well, the squad seems relatively the same because I don't think Wales have a ridiculous amount of depth, do we? Really, no. unfortunately. Uh, but I still believe that this Wales team still have a. Could still have the potential could, to do great things like they did in the last Euros. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the, the way they've just qualified now is not the same style, if you like. It's it's been all about grinding out clean sheets and and not conceding and nicking a goal here and there. But that's admirable. And, and the fact yeah. is that it's a very young team. Now, whether you know, I, I've got to be honest, instinctively, I feel like. It's a bit early to expect too much from this team, but they've already qualified for a tournament. So, yeah, that just feels we've got a great record against Belgium lately. But maybe it's tough to start your qualifying campaign with the toughest match. Or maybe it's the best. Maybe we just um, try and grind out a draw against them because they have some. They have some of the best players in the world, don't they? Yeah. All around the pitch. Yeah. And uh, but we, you know, we've we've beat them. We beat them in the Euros, which I think you could argue is Wales' most famous tie, would you say? The 2016 Euros quarterfinal? I think it's... Uh, it's, it's it probably is, isn't it? A shout, hasn't it, really? I mean, we got to the quarters of the World Cup. Um, 
And we did get to the last eight of the Euros in 76 before there was a final tournament. Then it was just the last four Euro tournaments. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we did very... It was, it was incredible and magnificent. We had some wonderful achievements. And we also beat Belgium in the qualifiers. We did exactly I went to that game as well. I yeah. went to that game and we were the better side. And I think we have such a good... good we have a decent squad, but I really enjoy watching Wales. We have the likes of like Ethan Ampadu for the future, yeah. who's going to be absolutely brilliant. We have uh, Rabbi Matondo as well. And we have James Lawrence, who are playing in different countries, which is quite nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've seen Matondo play for Schalke in uh, Gelsenkirchen. Uh, my lad and I went over and we were very popular with the fans around us when we said that we're Welsh mm. we've got well we said we've come to watch Rabi uh, we came because we were going to watch a game in, in Schalke <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah they liked that a lot um, but yeah I mean there's 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 such young talent and it, and yet despite that it doesn't feel over-reliant this team on players like Ramsey and Bale which is good because they can't last forever and they both have injury issues so it's good that losing them isn't too much of a disaster. And even having Joe Allen out injured hasn't affected the results mm-hmm. because there's a solid basis. It's, it's impressive. Uh, Kiefer Moore's been fantastic in the championship this year yeah. as well. He, he, I'm sure he's, in the, he's near the top of the top scorers in the, mm. in the championship, which is, which is fantastic. What a championship from the top leagues in Europe easily. Yeah. Um, and for me, Gareth Bale's now started to kick on with form. And we have Dan, Dan James as well, who plays for United, scores yeah. goals. So, you know, I I don't think we're going to beat Belgium, but you never know. You never know. You know, Gareth Bale started hitting form just yeah. as the internationals have started because he loves playing for Wales quite clearly. Well, almost as much as he loves golf. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's... Uh... It's, a, it's an intriguing test for them, but they have been passing difficult tests consistently lately, and they deserve a lot of credit for that, I think. Yeah, and I, I was a little bit gutted when we got when we drew Belgium in the World Cup qualifiers because mm. we've played them a lot recently. I'd have liked to have played, you know, a Spain or yeah. a different side, or yeah. someone who's not Belgium or England because we played them quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah... I'm really confident and it would be absolutely fantastic if for Wales to get a nice run before the Euros and get a bit of confidence because we've got a tough group. Yeah. And and this qualifying group is tough as well, but then I haven't said yeah. that the Czechs seem to be declining slightly. And well, you know, I mean, I, I think that the other teams in our group will look at us and think, oh, they tend to get results. They're hard to beat. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They're a bit like Rexon, aren't they? they? Grind out the results and, Keep the yeah. <laughs> yes, they play sometimes play a similar formation. Yeah, uh, where it it's nice that for so long as, as from my youth to, for being a Wales fan, it was it, it was quite grim mm. <laughs> being a Wales fan growing up. So it's quite nice to have a team that's competitive, and let's hope that carries on against Belgium. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's bring it back to Wrexham for the moment because I was able lately to catch up with Sam Russell who had a, a frustrating time, as you'll hear, with Rex, which maybe didn't become what it could have done, but he certainly went on to greater things, getting out of the conference with Forest Green Rovers. So after this, we'll hear from Sam Russell. I'm Riesel Johnson, and you're listening to the Dragon Heart Radio Show. 
Well, Sam, firstly, thank you so much for joining me. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to hear from you again. The, I, I've got to say, I mean, you, you, you came in under Dean Saunders, and I, I've got to say, before Wrexham fans had even seen you play, the big thing, the big buzz that the media were picking up was how good you were with the ball at your feet. Uh, you were sort of very much the Darlington Edison sort of thing, drilling those racket long passes. It was interesting how that got picked up on them. Um, but it's certainly a big part of your game, isn't it? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure, mate, speaking to you. So, um, very unexpected for you to invite me, to be honest. Um, I had a very, a very, very brief spell, um, it seems, like, uh, even though it was that long time ago now. Um, but, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think most of the clubs that I have signed for have, have usually kind of um, gone for the fact that, you know, this kind of the ability that I've got with my feet, really, my, like my dis- distribution side of my game. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I think obviously Dean Saunders had contacted me and um, I think that was one of the things that um, obviously he said at the time, like, and, and like you just said, he said, oh, I've heard you're good with your feet. And I was like, all right, um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the reason I get in touch with you as well, Sam, is because although you were very unfortunate in your season with us, but you could see the, the quality that you had. I mean, it was... You know, when you arrive at a club like Wrexham with Saunders as manager, I'd imagine there's a bit of a buzz, this idea that, you know, this this big name is going to be able to put together a side to push up and get promotion. Yeah, well, um, like like I say, it was it was it was brief and you know, like like um like I mentioned you to you before, I said like I didn't have a good spell there. I felt as in as in um, what I actually brought to the football club. I just um like I had the injury that I had so early on, um, you know, I started the season off really well, and then after mm. after I came back after the injury, I had a few couple. Of, I remember having a couple of good games, but then I just I just didn't feel kind of like sharp enough or to my best, because um, you know I was out for such quite a long time, and that's kind of the worst injury that I've had through through my career, and um, you know I found it quite difficult to come back and and kind of get get back up to up to speed. Um, so you know, I was quite disappointed at, with how it ended. But at the time, obviously signing for the club it was kind of my first stint in, in like the non-league level. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, but there was, you know, I went, I went to meet Dino and that, and Dino was absolutely great. Like he was, he was a great bloke. Um, you know, he, he was a laugh every day, and he was like enthusiastic, and, and it kind of rubbed off on me. And I just thought, you know, this this club could go places, and um, it was a brilliant setup. Um, you know, better, better than most league clubs. So, you know, I was kind of really surprised. But, um, you know, once I'd been and met him and um, seen the seen the facilities, I thought, oh, yeah, this this is this this isn't too much of a of kind of a, a step back. Um, although, like, obviously, league level it was, but at the time, I just thought, oh, yeah, this this is this could be a good move for me. I'd imagine he'd be pretty persuasive when he when he wants to sign you. He's charismatic sort of character. I'd imagine he'd be pretty persuasive in in selling the project to you. Oh yeah, um, like you know, um, like I say, he was great. He was great with me even even through the season and um, even at the end of the season. Like he, he did, he offered me an extension at the time. Um, but um, yeah, he, he was great. I, I, I was actually on a course. Uh, sorry, not a course. Um, a pre a goalkeeping pre-season um, with Fred, Fred Barber's fo- footballing academy at the time. Um, and it was you know I I I didn't have a club at the time. I was just training, just keeping fit, and hopefully you know going to go ready. Had a couple of clubs which kind of pulled out last minute, um, you know, apparently due to financial. But um, so I was just keeping myself fit, and I got the call and went down. I played a game, and um, he offered me a kind of a deal there and then, um, you know. So 
you know, and, and at the time I, I was fit and ready, and, and pre-season was getting closer. So, I, and I just thought, yeah, this 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 um, this, this could be a, a move with a, you know, with a, with a good um, a good manager, really. Mm-hmm. And we started well. I mean, you immediately saw, you know, we were strong at home. We had good home support. We we battered uh, Eastbourne first game of the season. We beat York, who were promotion contenders, second game. You know, you're keeping clean sheets in those matches. I mean, you know, it's a really good sort of positive start to the season. It was, yeah. Like, like personally, it was a good start. You know, you obviously you, you want to keep clean sheets. I think we got away. I think we got beat the first game away. I think was it? It might have been Crawley, our first away game. Yeah, we beat Eastbourne first day of the season. Sorry, yeah, yes. Lost at Crawley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and it, you know, um, I, I felt like I was performing quite well. Yeah. Um, I wasn't like unbelievably fit at the time. Um, you know, because I'd kind of been stop-start pre-season, but I felt, you know, like I thought the more the games come, the more I'll kind of grow into it. And like I said, a couple of, you know, I was fairly happy with my first couple couple of performances, and then, um, like I said, and obviously then I think it was the fourth, fourth maybe fifth yeah. game. I got, obviously I got I got injured, and you know that pegged me right back. And yeah. I, I mean that was a horrible. Horrible injuries against Kettering, wasn't it? A really nasty injury. I mean, it, you said about struggling to feel fully sharp for, uh, when you came back. I mean, no surprise because that was that, you know, that wasn't just pulling a muscle, was it? No, like I say, I, I was quite lucky because it was just a straight on dislocation. Mm. But um, you know, like it's, I can always remember, like 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 I, I had like the pot put on straight away, mm. um, and then uh, I was kind of quite big at the time, probably the biggest I've ever been as far as, like, like, but, like, but, like physically, because yeah. um, I was quite into the weights and things like that, and, like, you know, I was ne- never been a big lad, really, but it was probably the biggest I've ever been, and I remember taking the, the pot off, and I was like, what the hell's that? Mm. So I was thinking, that I thought, that's not, my, that's not even my arm. Yeah. It was, like, tiny, and I just, and obviously that, you know, mentally, I just thought, God, this is going to take me a long while. You know, like if I was an outfield player, I don't think it would have been too bad. But obviously, being a goalkeeper, and then I was out, I was out kind of all the summer months, and I, and I came back when it was absolutely freezing. And Wrexham is absolutely freezing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and you're from the northeast, so you got a good comparison. <laughs> well, I thought I'll be all right. Doesn't matter. And then, and then I think I probably hit with one of the worst winters I've ever had. Yeah. And then, yeah. and. And Dean Saunders, as, as enthusiastic as he is, it didn't matter if it was rain, snow, ice, we would be training. Um, you know what I mean? He absolutely loved it. And um, and I was just off. I came back with that injury in in them months. And it sounds as daft as it is, in them cold months, I, I actually found it worse. Because mm. it was a bit, I was, you know, you get worried about the pain, you get worried about falling on it, and it ended up being about three months. But I came back physically well. Um, and I think with a lot of people who get injured, when they've been out a long time, you kind of first so many games you, you you kind of run on a bit of adrenaline and and then um, you know because you missed the buzz but like once it started kicked in a little bit I, 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 did, I did really feel um like not as sharp and not as fit as, as I would like to have been and I really did put it in over them three or four months um but unfortunately like I said I, I think a few of my performances showed showed that in the end it's a uh... I mean, I, I I think you're being harsh on yourself because when you came back in, you didn't let many goals in. I'm just looking at the stats here. First four games back, three clean sheets. And looking through us as well, you know, in about, what, 15 games, we've we've only let in more than one goal twice. Um, right. we well, was, God, you, you know more than me. Um, I've got it on the screen. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not clever. <laughs> I've just got it up. That's all. <laughs> Um, it just seems so so long so long ago, you know. It's yeah. just I can always remember, like I say, I, I can remember having some really good games. I think one of them was against um, 
Oh God, you'll have to remind me. I think we drew away nil nil. Um, it was one of my first games. First game. Rushton was it? Yeah, Rushton. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Rushton Dimes. I, I remember having a really good game there, and then thinking, oh yeah, like um, this could uh, propel me on. And I remember kind of after maybe four or five games, six might have been a little bit longer. Um, I started making a couple of mistakes and. Um, a few goals were going in, which I thought, you know, I'm not particularly getting blamed, but I, but I, I remember saying at the time, you know, I, I think I should have done better, because mm. um, I, I am very honest with myself, and I, mm. and I know kind of what I'm capable of, and I wasn't producing it, and um, and I was like, say, I was just lacking a little bit, probably maybe a bit of confidence, and maybe just a little bit of sharpness, really, like um, in the end, and I think in the end, I came out the team, and and probably rightly so at the time, mm. and I suppose also you know, contributing to that is that Chris Maxwell. Yeah. Had his first long run in the team, I suppose you would say, as a result of your injury, and showed he's well. I mean, he's a very good goalkeeper, uh, and I suppose Dean Saunders knows he's got him waiting to come back in as well, doesn't he? Yeah, well, well, you know, Maxi was great. Like, um, you know, he was he was such a keen lad, and he, and you know, he's he's he was always going to have a, the career that he's having. I, I felt, um, and and he'd had a stint. Obviously, when I when I started the season, he'd had a stint, and he, and I thought he did really well. And he probably felt a little bit harsh that he came out of the team. I know he was a young lad, and he, he and I don't think he took it too particularly well at the time. But you know, a, a lot of us goalies don't really, yeah. um, you know, especially like um, obviously like um, you know, the the talent and the ability that he's got. You know, like I said, I knew he was going to become a, a top keeper. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and it was for me, it was great because you know, you always need that kind of um competitive edge and like you know, someone to push it in and out. And you know, and I think we, we had that had that with each other for most of the season. Um, but but and he, he ended up taking his his um opportunity towards the end of the season, and you know, and he deserved to, to stay in. And you, you're saying about you could see his quality. Um, I mean, there were some quite interesting characters in that team as well. I mean, looking at young Neil Taylor, did you think then, oh, this lad will go on to be an international Premier League player? Could you see those qualities in him? I could definitely see that he had something. I did, you know what, to be honest, like, you know, I didn't know. Obviously, I think he'd been there a few seasons before I came there. Or he came, yeah, he came yeah. Through the, through the ranks, you know, I never, like, you know, I'd never seen that he would do what he's actually done. But mm. what he did have is he just had that raw pace and he, he had a good left foot. And, and, you know, and if you've got them kind of qualities, especially like pace and he had a good attitude, um, you know, that, that you've got you've got a chance. You've got a chance. Yeah. I mean, that season, uh, we set a club record for the least goals conceded in a league, in league games, uh, something which you certainly played a full part in. That defensive... Oh, that yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Quite right. Um, I mean, you look at your... The fence as well. I mean, he has some really solid characters. You know, Ashley Westwood, Frank Sinclair, Manny Asamani. There were some solid lads in the back four to work with you as well, weren't there? Yeah, there were some solid lads, but some absolute nutters as well. <laughs> yeah. I like mean, me and Ash got on. Me and Westy got on like you know we got on like house on fire, you know, yeah. and um, we we had a great relationship like uh, like on and off the pitch, even though it was brief, but, um, you know, and then we had, like, Cinco was, you know, he, he was kind of obviously coming towards the end, but he still he still had, like, you know, them quality, and you could see that why he, he did so well in the game. Um, and uh, I remember at the start, me and Manny, we didn't really, not see eye to eye, but we, yeah. you know, we had a couple of instances, instances in games where we didn't quite connect because of, obviously, a little bit of, obviously, the, the language barrier and some yeah. of this, but I think we got on well in the end, and like I say, it, I didn't even know that, mate, to be honest, obviously with the goals against, but, um, yeah. you know, cause I know Maxi kept a lot of clean cheeks as well. So, you know, we we, um, we all kind of contributed in the end, but I think we just fell, fell a little bit short at the end, didn't we? 
Yeah, yeah. I think the the problem with that team, I think, was that was creativity. I think we were we were really yeah. solid. It tended to play four four two, very very solid defence, solid midfield, and Flemo and uh, Christian Smith in the middle were hard workers. Maybe yeah. there wasn't yeah. enough flair, perhaps. Uh, Going down no, the other end. I don't think we really had a goal scorer, did we? No, at the no. T- at the time, um, and you know, like we, like say, like with the him, with with Dean, with Dino, like we would be out on the training pitch for hours and hours and hours, and you know, he, he was running about, you know, what he's trying to score volley, volleys from forty yards, and yeah. he would just be shooting from everywhere, and you know, he was so enthusiastic, and that he tried, he tried, what he was trying to do was, I think, he was trying to just rub that off on the rest of the lads, get shots off, yeah. you know, get shots off, get crossed in the box, like any any sight of goal, just have a shot, because he, I think, he knew we just didn't quite have that um, that cutting edge to to put teams away at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, because we had Gareth Taylor, who I thought, even though he's at the end of his career, really intelligent target man. But, yeah. you know, we, we were unlucky with injuries with the players to, to work off. And Matty Wolfenden broke down quite early on. Uh, Mark yeah. Williams was coming back from an injury and was never really the same player he had been the year before. And eventually we got Andy Mangan in and it got us up the table a bit. But, uh, you know, maybe yeah. arriving a little bit too late to make a big difference. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, so like Mangs, um, Mangs came in and he, he's an absolute character, you know. Like, yeah. And uh, and he came in and and you know he he was like a big sign at the time. I thought, and you know he started showing like you know he was putting. I think he scored. I don't know. I might be wrong. He scored mm. maybe half a dozen goals towards the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know you thought you know possibly next year, um, you know that it could be a good. Uh, could be a good outfit, but like I say, Gaz Taylor was—he was a great pro and he was great around the place. And he, mm. it, there was games where you know we could just—you could just hit it up to him and it would usually stick or he would flick it on. Um, and uh, he demanded quite a lot from from mm. especially me with my service and things like that. So because he wanted it right on his chest, yeah. so and, and that was great. But uh, like I say, um, probably probably just lacked a little bit of flair in the end. Mm. Um, and can I—you've done your homework as well, yeah? Andy Mangan, six goals, quite right. <laughs> Well, I watched most of them at the time. I think I was on the bench at the time, so I was watching. <laughs> them. Yeah. But, yeah, I've got to ask you as well. You said about a couple of characters. There's one character that will stand out for our Wrexham fans is Lamine Sacco, who did a few weird things on the pitch. I remember one scene. I don't know if it was a game you played in. It was an away match, and he sort of subbed himself. He saw he was going to be taken off, and he walked off the pitch while the game was still going on. Um, his last game was when he. he Got sent off for buzzing somebody. Um, what was he like off the pitch? Was he a bit of a character? He's jogging your memory now. Yeah, you just kind of brought that up. Yeah, he was. He was a bit of a lunatic, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I remember him training. He was absolutely unbelievable. He was mm. unbelievable. Like he had so much talent. Um, you know, I, I forget the clubs that he'd been at and that, but he was. He was quite a big name, wasn't he? And uh, yeah, yeah. He was like he would, t- he would take the mick and train, and you know, like. Um, and then, so I think the, the gaffer at the time was like, I have to, I have to play him. I have to play him. He's, he's that good. Uh, but I don't think he really recreated that much. Like, you know, obviously it's a completely different game to the level that he's been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember him having this big, massive hummer. And he was just, he, yeah. just, he would just like be going down to the shop or some of that. And he'd be literally parked on the front door. And he'd just <laughs> like, oh, there he is again. You know what I mean? You go around the corner to one of the, to near the nightclubs and it'd just be literally parked in the nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was another character. Yeah, I remember that. I parked in the same car park and I used to look across at that thing and think, blink it. That took a few a couple of spaces up, I can tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it was a shame, like I said, that you moved on in, in the, the summer. You know, I mean, you're quite right. You need first team football and, and I suppose with Maxwell developing, you, you couldn't get that guarantee. 
and you've gone on to to great things, haven't you? Really? I mean, you've done ever so well. I don't know about great things. I don't know oh, about I that. Oh, I do. <laughs> um, as well, I think um, one of the reasons I always say, like when I look back at my time at Wrexham, like um, I just I wasn't um, I wasn't particularly happy like there, um, and that was no disrespect to like the area or anything yeah. like. I just didn't really settle, yeah. um, and I felt, and the injury so early early on. Um, you know, made it quite difficult. Like, I, I think the drop-down level, like, probably got me a little bit more than what, what I, I thought of at the time. And, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not saying I was too big for the level because I played a lot at that level. I said, but obviously, if that was your first spell where you've had to drop down and things like that. And one thing I got, a fo- I remember when I was training with Fred Barber at his, um, like his kind of pre-season goalkeeping academy, I got a phone call, um, like, literally, I think it was a day after I'd signed. And Fred was the, Keeper coach at Bolton at the time, mm. um, the first team keeper coach, he rang me said, asking me if I would sign for Bolton. Oh, and I was like, I can remember sat in the car getting that getting that phone call. Yeah. Because he said, he said, oh, look, Sam, just trying to check out if you've got still got a club. Um, I said, because we're after a keeper. And I was like, who? And he was like, well, Bolton. I said, I, I just I kind of after like a number three goalkeeper. We can push yeah. to number two, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, oh, Fred, I've, I've, I've just signed for Wrexham. He was like, oh, well, look, we're just after somebody who hasn't got a contract. I was like, he said, but obviously you've been training with us and, you know, we kind of like what you've got. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that that kind of, that hurt me quite a bit, to be honest. Because yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, you know what I mean? I'm, I could have signed for a Premier League club if I'd hung on another week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but that's but that's football. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. You know what I mean? There's so many ifs and buts. But, um, but yeah, like I say, I wasn't particularly settled at the at the club at the time. And, um, you know, Dino was great with me and mm-hmm. he offered me another deal. Um, in the end, and I, I told him, I said, look, I, I wasn't at my best this year. Like, I, like um, Barber, but, but I knew that my, my old club, Darlington, it came in for me at the time and I just felt like because I wasn't settled it, it was you know to kind of move back kind of home really yeah. close to home. I think I think that just mo- appealed a little bit more to me because like I said kind of tried and tested it and you know I wasn't particularly 100% happy so I just thought maybe it's, it's time for me maybe, maybe to go back home I, I haven't been home for a while because um, I'd spent two years at Rochdale previous um, so I lived up in like Leeds and Manchester. So um, you know, I just thought maybe it's time just to just to go back home and kind of reset a little bit. Yeah, had an excellent stint at Forest Green, and of course, uh, the thing Wrexham fans will remember most was you saving a penalty right there in the game from Dean Keats, our current manager. Yeah, I think it was the last last kick of the game. One, I think, it was the yeah. last minute. And that was actually me. I think that was me home debut as well. Yeah, it's always <laughs> hard things you do against your former clubs, but yeah, like I did, I, I went back to Darlington and that. At that obviously that's that the season before and I had a really good spell. We we won the FA Trophy and we had a really good time and I really, my form really picked back up. Um, and then obviously they they went into administration and you know it was an absolute nightmare in the following January. So we so I'd signed like a long term at Forest Green and you know I had two really good spells there and yeah obviously making saving that penalty like last kick of the game. I remember I was getting a I was getting a lot of grief uh, behind the goal that that game. I remember. <laughs> It right, right, right in front of the following fans as well. So yeah, yeah sort of apologise for that. <laughs> the um, you say about now, Darlington obviously had had problems. I mean, there were problems building up in the background for Wrexham at the time that you were there. I mean, yeah, were the yeah. were the playing squad aware of that? At, at, Re- at Wrexham, yeah. Um, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm just trying to think if we. Uh, I think. Possibly, maybe one or two of the ones we may have got paid by check. 
Yeah. I, I, I might be wrong because that's happened to me a couple of times, but I th- I'm sure we did at one point. So there might have been a couple of little signs here and there, here and there. But mm. um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at the time. I can't really remember if if we were kind of worried about it. Yeah, yeah. The um, what were the fans like? I mean, obviously not so nice when you save that penalty, but um, did you, you know, did the club feel was, big at the time when you went there? Or? Oh, yeah, they were great. Like that, that's yeah. one of the things that attracted me. You know, like like I said, I um. You know, like I've been lucky that I have played for some quite well-supported clubs for like the level, and uh, you know, Wrexham were probably one of the one of the biggest. Like I think, like I said, the first game, like who was it? Was did you say was it was Eastbourne? Did you say? Or, yes, that's right. Yeah, first game. You know, you know, and on paper, it's not really. You know, like no disrespect, it's not a massive game, and I think mm. there was like six, six, seven thousand there, and I was yeah. like, lovely student, and and you know, I thought, oh god, this is great. This is like <laughs> this is what I want. You know, I love playing in front of the crowds. I was just, you know, what I was very disappointed that the terrace wasn't open behind the goal. Yeah, because I remember playing a, playing a, a few games um, when that was pretty much full, mm-hmm. and it, that was it was a great atmosphere. So, but no, yeah, the fans were fantastic, and they were great with me, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Well, Sam, can I just say thank you so much for joining us? It's it's been a an absolute pleasure catching up with you. And you made more of an impression on us, I think, than maybe you realise, because we always remember you as a, as a quality keeper who, like I said, because of injuries, didn't quite get the chance to show fully what he could do. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Like, nice to go over a few, uh, you know, good memories, really. So, um, like, I appreciate you uh, asking me to come on the show. Thank you very much. I'm Luke Young, and you're listening to the Dragon Heart Radio Show. So, Sam Russell. Lovely chap, good keeper, someone who probably could have, um, I think with a bit of more luck with injuries, have, have played a major role for us. But uh, we wish him well anyway in his work now. And, well, we wish ourselves well when we finally get back to action. But there's no Wrexham game coming up at the weekend. It's a shame we can't look forward to that. But should we give everyone something to look forward to, Shay, and tell them about next week's Dragon Heart? Oh, yeah, I, I think we should. <laughs> well, we're going to, and this is Che's genius idea, we're going to have a Trinidadian special. So you'll be remembering those players who came over from the Caribbean. How many of them can you name? And we'll also be t- chatting to Carlos Edwards as well. Uh, the man himself, what a gent. So that'll be a real treat, I think, to look back to some good old days and some interesting memories. And not just the obvious trio of Edward, Sam and Lawrence, because there were a few more characters who, who represented us proudly from Trinidad. So we're really looking forward to that. And yeah, I think- I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one, Mark. It was, they will always be my second international team. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Brilliant. Well, Che, thank you once again for joining us. Brilliant stuff. And, uh, well, that's what Wales do it this weekend, eh? Yeah, 100%. I, I've really enjoyed Mark talking about the last two games. They've been fascinating. And it's been nice to look at the Wales stuff as well for a bit of a change. Absolutely right. Smashing. So, we all know how these things end, don't we? Over to Mr. Jay Harris for his Hollywood send-off. This is Jay Harris, and you're listening to Dragon Heart Radio. Dragonheart <laughs> Radio.